Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. My name is Gary Conchalillo, and today we have a guest all the way from Australia, Angie Bryars. She's a biofield therapist, clinical hypnotherapist, psychotherapist, Reiki sage master, and animal communicator. Angie Bryars works with humans and animals all around the world. She specializes in treating PTSD and brings her clients back from trauma. So I understand that hypnosis and healing, but I'm really interested in hearing about more about your biotherapy. Uh, what is biofield, biofield energy and how did you develop your abilities to connect with biofield energy? Well, first of all, hi, and thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, look, biofield bio energy is everywhere. It's all around us. And um, I guess the best way to describe it is, um, you know, when, um, have you got a dog? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you've got a dog. So have you ever noticed that your dog just doesn't like someone? Oh, yeah. Just doesn't like someone that comes and... You don't know why, and then a couple of months later, you actually sit there and go, aha, 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 dog was right. It's happened to me so many times in my life, and it happens to virtually everyone I know. They can all look back and think, you know what, my animals knew. And the, the same thing happens to us when we, you know, if, if you go to a party and, and you, you just did a party and you're, you know, you might have a, like a beautiful looking woman there that's got her eye on you and jump something just doesn't feel right you're just like no 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 run forest run something wrong there and and you know you've you're sort of your your psycho radar is up and um you know you often find out that that's correct so so that's basically a really good way to describe biofield energy so it's an energy that emanates out of every single one of us every animal every person every plant um look and you know what, to be honest, inanimate objects, you know, rocks, mm -hmm. um, you know, they can now measure the, the biofield energy around um, rocks and gemstones and mountains and all sorts of things. So it's an energy that emanates out of us. And, and when you connect with biofield energy, it's actually, so if you can imagine your two hands in front of your face and your left hand is sort of out there wafting along and your right hand's wafting along. and then your fingers kind of intertwine with each other, right? Right. So that's a mixing of biofield energy. So, so it emanates out of every single one of us and it intermixes with everything around us. So, you, you know, you can walk down a street and sort of go, you know what, not feeling so good here. Or you can walk in through a garden and just go, oh my God, I feel so incredibly peaceful. I feel so happy. And, and so this is biofield energy. And um, it's... I can definitely it's, it's, relate it's, to that. Yeah, it's a perfectly natural thing that's around everything that exists and it, and it intermixes. And, and biofield therapy is actually working with that energy. So, um, you know, for example, when, you're, when your animal is, um, you know, you, you um, are sleeping in too late, you know, the, the cat might wake you up to, to, to get up in time. And, um, you know, he knows that you have an appointment that day or, or you know, there, there's a lot of different um, 
places where, where animals read our energy and we need to learn to read their energy. So it's like my dog waking me up at 5.30 this morning. Did it really? Yeah, you know, I, and normally I get up at 7 and he started barking at 5.30 to wake me up. I'm like, how did he know? <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so you see, yeah. he's on to it. And He's it's keeping kind of, you organized. And also, like, um, actually, when we went and got my dog, um, I mean, it's really an unfortunate story, but it was, like, um, somebody, there was a breeder that was giving away a dog that my wife met at work. And mm -hmm. as soon as we walked into her house, I froze. And I couldn't stay in there for more than 30 seconds. And I was like, look, I have to go outside. I, I can't ding, stay ding, here. Ding, ding. Was it by foot energy or the smell of poos? Uh... I think it was the energy, really. It just felt okay. so dark and so gloomy. And I was like, right. and I told my wife, I told my wife, I said, let's just get out of here. Let's forget this. I don't want to do this. And, um, and she was insisting, like, she wanted to get a dog for her aunt. And right. uh, so, so she got the dog, and we, we dropped the dog off at her aunt, and the dog sat there at her aunt's house in the corner just growling for hours. And her aunt's like, I don't want this dog. And I'm like, right. I don't know what to do. I can't take this dog back to where we got her from and live with myself. So we kept him. So, so sorry, you couldn't live with yourself if you took it back? Oh, no. You just no, didn't I, want to go back. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't live with myself doing that. Beautiful. You know, I care too much to, to do that. So yeah. we kept him. You know, he's our dog. And uh, Beautiful. What's his name? Abba. Abba? Yep. Abba or Baba? Bubba. Oh, Bubba, how gorgeous. And yeah. what is he? He's a French bulldog. Oh, wow. Radio. Okay. Okay. Uh, he, he's moody because he was never socialized for about four years. I mean, I think they used him as a stud. All right. So he wasn't a puppy? No, no. He's four years old. Right. And so she'd be using him as a stud and now dumping him because he wasn't producing? Exactly. Mm. So, Poor little kind guy. Of sad, but I love him to death. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So, so, so you're telling me that you completely understand what biofield energy is, and you know, look, biofield energy is called all sorts of different things. You know, the the Catholic Church calls it the spirit of God. Um, Reiki practitioners call it Reiki energy. The the Buddhists call it pranic energy. Um, you know, the shamans call it you know, the energy of the, of the spirits. It, it doesn't matter what we call it. It's just an energy that emanates out of us. It's, you know, it's the life force, right? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. absolutely. Like I've, I've taken so Kundalini you, Yoga in the past to, to raise right. the energy. I've had Reiki attunements. So I'm oh, beautiful. familiar with it. Beautiful. So, so, so you've experienced it. So does the explanation of, of what it is, makes sense to you as someone that's never heard of it before? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. definitely relate to it. Yeah. Um, so are animals more sensitive to it than we are as people? Look, animals are extremely sensitive to it. Um, they're extremely sensitive. But I don't know about more sensitive. I think that we are less sensitive because we are covered in all sorts of rubbish. Right. right. So, so, I, I, I do animal communication. I, I work with traumatized animals. So I'm often the last call before a bullet for a dog or a horse. You know, they'll say, I'll get the old duck out and see if she can do anything, otherwise shoot it. Um, and, you know, I can go out to a very, very angry horse 
and and it's it's a matter of so so working with biofield energy is a matter of bringing yourself into a place and the first thing you need to do to become a biofield therapist or or any therapist is is to actually clear away your own stuff right so we you know the rose colored glasses we have all of these things on and 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 it's about stripping yourself down and and being really clear so like a child like children hear voices children talk to imaginary friends and grandparents and animals you know they're always having conversations with the animals and and they don't have what we have like you know i had um i had um an animal saying look several weeks ago saying you know i i can't understand why people walk around with all this trauma like what I, I don't understand why they do that. Why do they do that? What, what, what possible purpose does it serve for, for humans to be walking around with all this stuff and they bring it into us and, you know, it, like it, it interferes with our relationship and they project their anger and their sadness and their grief and stuff onto us and it's, it's freaking hard work trying to be with humans, you know, and, and see through all this stuff and, and it's, it makes sense, right? So, so if we clear all of this away, then it allows us to be open to, to these energies that emanate. So when you're at that party, if you took away all of the other noise of the party, all of the other people and the music and the, everything else, you know, you'd, you'd have so much more of a sense of which person that energy is coming from, um, what's within it. And... So, so that's how it works, and and animals don't carry all the junk we do. So, they um, are far more aware of it. They communicate, you know, through through these energies. And you know, some people call it telepathic, but it's really, to me, telepathic is a, the description of telepathy is is using the brain. But this is more using the self, right? Right. And and animals sense danger. They they sense love they sense um you know so many things around them in the environment and does, does and that's can, by using these senses right can it kind of work in the reverse too like you know how like you bring animals into a hospital to make people feel better is it mm-hmm. because maybe the animal's energy is helping unclutter some of the trauma that people feel absolutely animals are incredible healers and and um Believe it or not, you know, I'm going to sound like an absolute nutter here, which, you know, I used to worry about. Now I just don't care. I've, you know, I've, I've had a few, few close shaves with death and I'm sort of, I'm grateful to still be alive. So while right. I'm here, I'm just going to be authentic in myself and, and say it as it is. Now, I don't talk about things I haven't experienced personally, but I have experienced um, animals saying that they are here to heal people and that is their job or they're here for a particular purpose. So that tells us a lot about, um, you know, that they're not just dumb animals, right? Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, some animals are, are here to help people in hospitals and to bring them love and to bring them energy. So if you imagine, if you imagine that someone's in a hospital and, and you know, they, haven't, they see their children for two hours on Christmas Day, you know, and their birthday, and then that's it. And the rest of the time they just, you know, heaved over by nurses, washed, put into a chair, put there, put there, eat the food. And, and that's the only contact they have with, with anything. So you imagine a, a gentle animal that's just full of love. And, and that's all they're giving is this, this loving energy, just, just coming mm-hmm. in and 
putting its, you know, little nose on their hand. Like people just pull their eyes out. Uh, it's it's so healing. It's so comforting. Absolutely. And, um, I, I love my pets. And they love yeah, me. Absolutely. And it just feels good to come home to them. And I don't know, just pet them. and yeah. They kind of relieve that stress from the day. That's what I mean. They kind of, it's like they heal me. They do more for me than I do for them. Yes, absolutely. I, I agree. And my animals are always doing that as well. Mine are all rescues. Um, yes. and, and they've come back from the edge and, and they just follow me around wherever I go. And they're so loving and so you know, willing to participate in everything you're doing. What, what better friends could you get? Definitely. So how did you discover that animals communicate with you? Um, look, I've, I've always known that they do. I, I, I grew up with a grandmother that was really incredible and um, she's very deep and spiritual and she was sort of my mother figure. And I had a lot of time with her and, and she was a, I'm sure she was born well, well, well before her time. And she, you know, she, um, allowed me to talk to the animals and and the broken dolls and the you know the imaginary friends that I had and I had a beautiful world and then you know later on in life these things go away and then eventually you get a call back to to um where you are and you know you can you can just feel that you have to walk down the street and you walk down the street and there's an animal you know stuck in a in a in a bush with a broken leg that you know why did I walk down the street I don't know but there's this animal right that needs help and so it, I think that you know we, we can all we can all really um, hear animals speaking if if we listen and it's just something that I've always done I, I sort of didn't know any differently so Right. I, I kind of feel the same way. You know, I can't explain it, but I know yeah. what my pets need from me and they seem to know what I need from them. And yeah. I can't explain how it happens, but it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, so, so your dog, how's he doing? Um, you know, he's obviously come through an extremely traumatic past and probably wasn't socialized. It was probably because he would have been, um, you know, not, not castrated or anything. So he would have been running on testosterone. And then, you know, um, when you have one of those dogs as a breeder, you keep it on a really tight rein and it's yeah. only allowed out when there's a certain itch and heat and uh, it's just an awful life. So I can imagine that he, he um, yeah. took a while to come good. Well, He's come a long way. Like when we first brought him home, he was really sick. He had heartworms. So he really wasn't oh, very active in the God. beginning. Like he, wouldn't even, he wasn't even able to walk outside to go to the bathroom, so I would have to carry him. Um, oh, my God. And then he so got, that's how broken he was when she sold him to you. So she thought he was on death's door. Well, we didn't buy him. She gave him to us. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, so, you know, he was really sick, got heartworms treated and everything. And uh, the vet suggested, you know, we get them fixed. Mm. So I was the one to take them to the veterinarian that morning to get them fixed. I dropped them off. I went to work. And later that day, I received a phone call from the vet saying that when he 
gave him anesthesia. He went into cardiac arrest and he had to restart his heart. Right. And um, so they weren't able to, to fix him. And um, he lived, but when I brought him home, he, he turned on me. He, he, he wanted, he wanted nothing to do with me. He just wanted to bite me. Yeah. And um, he was very aggressive. And this was, this was quite soon after you got him, wasn't it? Yeah. And, um, and, and he was like that for, for, for several months. And it's taken a while for me to regain his trust. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because he thinks I, I took him somewhere to die, I think. Or he thought that, you know. Now he's starting to learn, like, oh, you know, he didn't do that. But, yeah. It's um, you know learn, learning that you're not going to abandon him, and that and that you're not going to turn on him at some point. Yeah, and and I think also he associates male energy with abuse too. From oh right, there was a male owner, was there? Yeah. Um, right. So yeah. I, I love him for what he is. You know, I mean, he's he's, he's a cranky, smelly little bulldog. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and and you know what they are that by nature, right? And yeah. especially if they've been interbred, you know, you don't know what his breeding lines are. So if he's come from an area that's been interbred and interbred, and then he's, you know, sometimes they have. It's worth looking at amino acids for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so amino acids in their brain. So so you have in the brain you have these what's what I call reactionary triggers, right? Right. So reactionary triggers come from fear or love. There's, there's two. So if you imagine that fear is at the top of the pile and love is at the deeper other end of the spectrum. Uh-huh. So, so we have, um, we have what, what I call um, reactionary triggers. So, th- so the first scientifically proven one is the reactionary trigger of attack. Okay, uh, Incoming stimuli. Um, our survival instinct kicks in and we attack. The second scientifically proven one is um, run away from. The third is submit to. The fourth is have sex with. Mm-hmm. The fifth is nurture. And the sixth is be nurtured by. So have sex with is in the middle. So if you can imagine, for example, with human, have sex with is in the middle because have sex with can either go to the top end of the spectrum of have sex with and rape or attack, right, or or submissive mm-hmm. and then on the other end of have sex with and make love with your life partner so that's why right. it sits in the middle so what happens with the brain is is you know when someone knocks on that door and we open it the first thing our brain does when it sees the incoming stimuli it goes is this going to kill me oh, no it's not okay it's my um it's my nosy neighbor sarah oh my god and you just want to run away from her. So look, look, Sarah, I'm really busy. You know, can come back another day. Or, oh my God, it's my headmaster, Mr. Schmidt. I'm in trouble with my parents. And and the brain then puts the appropriate chemicals, right, in mm-hmm. in action to create the physical and emotional response to the stimuli. So you know, you might open the door and oh, it's my sexy new lover. Oh, come on in, right? Right. So, so our, so our body has these chemical reactionary triggers to incoming stimuli. So sometimes in the brain, when you know, if 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 the breeder had a breeding male that had heartworm, you can imagine what everyone else had in the house, right? And and what the puppies had, and like, oh God, it's just horrific to think. 
So you can imagine that he wasn't brought up in a life where he got um, sufficient vitamins, exercise, and all of these things that make our body run and work properly. So sometimes the electrical fields in the brain, um, there's a synapse, so it creates a chain reaction, right? So the incoming stimuli goes, oh, okay, this is a good memory or a bad memory, or and they bring up everything that's associated with that memory. So it might be, for example, uh, the smell of the veterinary surgery, and, and it pulls up all of the appropriate memories that go with that smell, and they are, for him, it would have been terrified, fearful, and things like this, right? right. Come up from the past, and they all punch up in behind him first arriving at that vet surgery with you, right? He trusted mm -hmm. you to put him in the car, then you took him to this place, then he had a traumatic event. Yeah. So, so that's his association. Yeah. And, and so what happens is when they don't have um, the right amino acids and the right vitamins and things to make their, their brain work properly, so for example, vitamin B5, B6, all of these things, if they don't have them working coordination, the brain can't actually produce those chemicals to make a good reaction. So let's take this to, for example, um, you and I are sitting there having a cup of tea or we're, we're sitting there chatting and, and I'm chatting away to you and I say, hey, feel like a cup of tea and you go, oh, you know what, that'd be great, right? So your brain's sort of taken that question and thought about it, brought up all the memories, yeah, yeah, cup of tea, yeah, yeah, and mm -hmm. you've come to a, you know, I feel nurtured and, and so you have a nice response. If your brain can't make those chemicals, you could have been talking to me quite fine, but then when it doesn't and it can't pull any B6 in or some amino acids to make that pathway clear, it can only go up to the, you know, to the top end of that spectrum where it doesn't have the chemical reaction to come in. So you would turn around to me and say, no, if I wanted a frigging cup of tea, I'd frigging make it myself, wouldn't I? Right? <laughs> So, so that's a way to explain what the brain does. It comes to this T-junction and then it's sort of working out where it's got to go and the right chemicals. If it hasn't got the right chemicals or, you know, we haven't got the street signs, we're not sure which road we're going up in, so we're just going to go left every time. So, so um, I, I can imagine with your, with your, with your dog, um, with Bubba, that... Um, some some really good amino acids would really help them and a great way to do that which is a really cheap way i don't know if you have it there but we have it here in our supermarkets and i put a lot of um clients animals onto this and we have what's called a um it's a an aloe vera concentrate right so it's not mm. aloe vera juice because they always have sugars and things in them because we need sugars right. it's ridiculous and they're watered down but just concentrate so you just put a lid full of it in the water and it's a it's clear string of of pure amino acids and it's really good for them now some people will complain oh you shouldn't give your dogs aloe vera it's it's only a certain part of the leaf that you shouldn't give them which isn't in these okay so it's so it's a very different thing from so all of the the naysayers can uh -huh. sort of do a bit of research and find out that so so this is something that would greatly help his brain now i had a dog brought to me um she was very, very old. She had white hair all around her face, around the back. She was dragging her back legs. She was incontinent. Her eyes were rolling like she was not really aware of, you know, interaction. So you could wave your hands in front of her face and she was kind of not really there. And she wasn't aware of humans. And they were going to put her down. And they, they said, look, you know, what, what, what? And I said, okay, why don't you leave her with me for three weeks? 
And um, if she doesn't get any better, um, you don't pay me. But if she does, then this is the fee you pay me. And they're like, sure. Because they really didn't think anything was going to fix it. But, you know, they did mm-hmm. love her enough to try, right? Right. So, I, so all I changed in her diet was I um, used this amino acids, right, in her water. And I put some in her, in her food. And I got what's called brewer's yeast. So brewer's yeast is um, not brewing yeast, but brewer's yeast. So it's a really good chain of all of the B vitamins. So you need vitamin B6, which is um, pyridoxine. And that is the, my soldiers call it the anti-angies don't give a fuck vitamin or, or vitamin Valium. It's, it's what's required for the brain to go to that nurture and be nurtured place. So it's a, you know, it's a very calming thing. And it's also used in our body to help us with trauma. So when we go through trauma, the brain drains the B6. So there's none left for, you know, organs or, or brain work to happen after that. And it's the same with vitamin B5. So people with arthritis and things like that, you'll often find that, um, you know, you put them on vitamin B5 and, and they, they come good. People with that, um, alopecia, you know, that they've, Someone will come to me for weight loss uh-huh. and, um, and I'll notice that they've got alopecia and I'll say, oh, when did the alopecia start? And I go, I don't know, uh, 18 months ago. And I'll say, well, what happened six months before that? And I go, oh, yeah, no, my husband left me for the gym instructor. So it's like, okay. And, and so it takes six months for the body to, to be completely without it. But what happens is when it needs to keep you coping, it draws it from somewhere else. It goes, you know what, I'm going to take it from the hair. So you'll find a, an animal will suddenly get shocks of white hair about, you know, a few months after a car accident or, or after trauma and people will get white hair, their hair will fall out, their nails will go bad during chemo, this sort of thing. So anyway, these things are really, really important. So this brewer's yeast, I put that in a diet and mm-hmm. aloe vera juice. Now, within a week, my son flew down to see me and I got videos. So the first video was this dog just completely unaware of, of humans and dragging her back legs. One week later, I got a video of her playing chasey ball with my son in the backyard. Wow. And that is just simply by um, using those two things and giving her treatments of, you know, what I do. But, you know, that's, um, um, I, I put this very much down to her brain wasn't oh that's right and sorry sorry she was fitting so when they have fits you sort of do it on a level of um you know one to ten so it was mm-hmm. it was you know every 15 minutes her head would start going like this and and, and you can literally feel almost like the electrical shocks over your hands and they were very very strong and within that week she went down to from one every 15 minutes that was you know at a nine or ten to um to one every three hours, which is about a two, just like a little, little sort of flutter for about, I don't know, two minutes, but she was still aware. And, and so those, those things really helped her brain. And I, I have a great sense that they would help your little man, you know, just, give just help him come back to, yeah, yeah. Give him, give him, you know, he's like, I, I can sort of imagine that he is trying to do the right thing by you all the time. Like, does he ever oh, yes. sort of snap at you and then kind of look like, oh, shit, sorry. He, he, to do that. What he does is he, he, he'll nip at my leg and then he runs away. 
and he he'll he'll he has a toy hot, a rubber hot dog, and he'll pick <laughs> up the hot dog and and chew on that instead. So he knows <laughs> okay. he, he he definitely yeah. knows. Like he's he's trying to control his reaction. I see him okay. trying yeah. really really hard. Yeah. So that so that totally validates to me that that is what's going on with him is that he's just really lacked in so many things, and and the the multi B. And the amino acids important. So, so wherever you get them from, you know, whether you want to go and buy really expensive ones from the vet, or or whether you're, you know, live in the world where most of us, it's like, you know, I, I like these things because they're a really natural way and a natural chain of things to give them. And and I guarantee, you, you know, I'd love to hear back from you and see how it goes. Yeah, but I, I really think that'll just help him find his his calm place. Yeah, I'll definitely keep you updated on his progress. Thank oh, you beautiful. for the advice. You're, you're more than welcome. More than welcome. He's really happy to be there. You know, like he knows, he knows that he's safe now. Mm-hmm. He knows that he's safe. He's, he's grateful for it. And, you know, the more that you allow yourself to empty your mind and just sit with him and, you know, just, just imagine. So if you just sit with him, if, if you just sit with him and, um, spend time with him and, and just quietly open your mind and imagine it. Imagine your mind kind of meeting with his mind. You'll actually find that place where you'll start kind of going, oh, okay, I'm not sure if I'm going crazy, but I just have this sense that he's, do you know, do you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's the greatest way to learn is, is just with the ones you love and, and just allowing yourself to be in the room and present with them. Yeah, and I've been actually – um, I, I kind of like lost my job because of the COVID-19. So I was spending a lot more time with him. And I find that Beautiful. the more time I just spend with him, the better it gets. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, you know, that's, that's one of the great, um, that's one of the great linings in the COVID cloud, right? Yeah. Is that, is that people are, are finding themselves again, you know, people that have been so extremely stressed by the job and keeping the job are now kind of like, well, really, you know, I, I wanted to stay in that horrible government job because, you know, my my history and my social hypnosis has told me that a government job is good, it's safe, it's a, but, oh, it's not. And and so now I can look at, well, well, you know, what was I always interested in? What did I want to do? You know what? I really like doing podcasts. I might start a podcast and then I'll talk to interesting people around the world. Oh, look, there's this old lady in Australia that, you know, and, and so you you begin to follow your passion and, and, and you open yourself up as a human being, right? And you come back into this place, which is exactly what I teach. It's like you read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Except the old girl bit. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. an old man. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. But I'm, I'm glad you're doing that and, and, you know, use this time now. So you said that you've got a tune to Reiki. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I did yeah. Uh, the Reiki level one attunement. Right. And um, I, it, it definitely, it, it, it works. But after the attunement, I started to think, like, did I really need an attunement or did I always have this ability and what really is the important thing is mostly my intention to heal. Beautiful. You know, like yeah. You know, I and, I and look, to think you, like maybe that's what that's like the the intention is more important than the symbols and all the other stuff. 
It absolutely is. But, you know, you, you bring up a great point of, like, do we really need to be attuned? And, you know, I, one of the greatest things I try to teach people, that something that I've learned in my life, is that, you know, you know the, the, the Bible, for example. I'm not a Bible person, but I think it's a great book. Mm-hmm. And it has some really great analogies in it. Um, you know, it sort of says we are all born equal, right? And, and right. so when I was a kid, I used to think, you know, I was a young kid, and I used to think, and, you know, I was in trouble with the church. My family were Mormons, and I was in trouble with the church because they thought I was evil because I was asking too many questions. But I'm like, no, 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 it's just a, just a simple question. I'm just, you know, if you can answer it for me, then it would make sense to me, but I can't. Um, so, you know, if we're all born equal, then, then, then why do you say that anyone but your guys that do healings are evil, you know, and, and, you know, unless someone's been in your church, which has only been around for 200 years, that, that means that billions and billions and billions of people will never get to heaven because they, I don't know, didn't discover your church, which oh, wasn't there, right? right. And, and, and so people like Mother Teresa, who, who've done, you know, incredible healings around the world and, and all of the ancient shamans of the Indian tribes and the, uh-huh. and the tribes all around the world, so they all go to hell because, and, and how could they do their, their healings with all of the devil? It just doesn't make logical sense to me. This ownership of things is, is not making sense to me. And so this is something that followed me all my life. And, and until I discovered, um, you know, in a science class, and I said, oh, yes, no, we, you know, humans, we only use 9% of our brain or, or 12% of our brain. And, you know, I sat there as a 12-year-old and thought, oh, my God, that's it. That's it. So Einstein and that, so they are, okay, so, you know, if I want to be a stronger runner, mm-hmm. I just have to start running and then I just run and run and run and then I train and train and train and then I perfect my technique and then I get stronger and then I become a good runner, right? Might not be the best in the world, but I'm a good runner. Yeah. So it must be the same with our brain. So if I exercise my brain lots and lots in, in this way, then I would, and, and if I exercise it in this way, so therefore... I do have the capabilities to be anything I want. And it was a really empowering thought as a 12-year-old. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do, right? And, and so, so we all have this within us. But what I love about, um, about you know, attunements and things to like Reiki is, is that I like to attune a lot of my students to Reiki simply because it's a very gentle way for them to empty their vessel, uh-huh. right? So it, it, you know, it allows you to bring things up for healing, but it's a very gentle energy, whereas a lot of other ones are very harsh and traumatic, and, and I just find that Reiki is a beautiful way for them to do that. And the thing about um, you know, getting an attunement, if we all have it, it's like you, know, you can take years to develop those skills, but, but when you're attuned, it's like when you're driving the country and you know, there's only one radio station, it's kind of a quick, right? Mm-hmm. It's off the station. And then every now and then you hear, you know, um, you know, King Trump has, and then he did. And then when you come closer to the town or when you arrive at the town, the radio station kicks in and it hits the right, the perfect tuning. Mm-hmm. And then it's very clear. So this is what an attunement does. It, it just brings all of your energy into that perfect alignment with what you're doing and, and, it, and it, it really saves you years of, of your life doing it. So yes, we all have the ability to do it. 
Right. And and that's what these attunements do. So they just they just bring in these pathways and open them up and clear them with you. And then and then things like Reiki or Pranic or tapping or you know whatever modem they've got, they're all different pathways to the same thing. Uh -huh. um, they all then bring you into you know bringing up things to learn from and grow from and let go and to empty yourself as a conduit of energy. Yeah, I think that's definitely a great analogy. It's like the idea of being more of a conduit rather than yeah. actually, oh, absolutely. actually yes. rather than being the actual performer of the ag, it's just, yes. it's just more of a flow. I feel exactly. that sometimes like when I play guitar, there's like a certain point when I'm playing where, I'm not playing anymore. It's just happening. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, it, and it's like, it's like you're plugging one side of you into the electrical point and the other part into the kettle, right? Yeah. You're simply exactly. a conduit. So um, the issue I have with people setting themselves up as gurus is that in reality, when we boil all of the dancey and the everything out of systems, you know, like it, you know, even with Reiki, like some people have, oh, they need to be on Reiki one for two years and they need to do all of these classes and they need to do, it's, to, to me, it's, it's completely unnecessary. Once you have that energy, it's there, what you do with it is up to you and you can, you know, you can, you can clear yourself in a day if you want to, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, these people go, oh, you know, put the energy into here, I'm going to heal this, I'm going to heal this. All you're doing is setting your intention to be clear, you know. Um, by the power of my highest mind and will, I, you know, I, I, I conduit this energy to you for your own highest will and good. And if the highest will and good is that they're going to pass peacefully, then that's what it is. But if you're madly trying to heal a bone and you heal it and it's set wrong, you know, it's kind of wrong but if it's meant to naturally heal by itself you're not putting yourself in there so clear intent is the key to any pathway you take but what what it is with things for example like reiki or or other modems is that reiki they use symbols right and right. so these symbols bring people to that place of intention so it's a you know it's it's, it's something that's that's done to bring that intention in Whereas with other things like biofield, it's this, your, your intention is just simply to stand clear and just to clear and just open. And, and then whatever, you know, feels right and, and sounds right and, and is right happens naturally. So you're right on the ball there. Yeah, it sounds like biotherapy is almost like a middle way uh, between focusing your intention and also reading back what the universe is trying to say is the right thing to do. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Um, so I understand that you work with a lot with racehorses. Do horses like to race? <laughs> yes, I do. And yes, you know what? It's a question that I get asked a lot. And, um, and I've got to say that, that um, you know, horses I've had, had conversations with them, some of them absolutely love to run most of them okay most of them love to run they love to race they come out for race day they know the difference between race day and normal day they know the difference between um you know training and and a, a race or a 
or a run out and mm-hmm. a lot of them love it. You know, I've, uh, a mare called Swatcher Rose was, um, you know, she was a very sort of strong, arrogant horse and she was very sort of moody mare, but she knew exactly what she was doing and she'd go at this and, and you just know she's going to win today because she just had it in her eye and she would be, you know, racing against horses that she's raced before. And, and you can even see, you know, even without doing what I do, you can see with her and she'd, she'd walk past that horse and she'd uppity uppity and do you know what I mean? She'd rear up around it and sort of like, yeah, you yeah, I'm going to kick your ass today and that's it. And, and she would just not be beaten on those days. Uh-huh. And then you have other horses that are just like, you know, I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired. I just, I just want to be, you know, under a tree and looking after the weanlings and I'm, I'm exhausted. You have, um, you know, I've, I've treated horses that are, that have come off the track and are now doing, you know, jumping with, you know, someone that's bought and off the tracker and retrained it and uh-huh. you know, they're around, they're hooting around, they're going, this is so much fun. And they, you know, they all just love what they're doing and, and, and learning to communicate with them more, I think would do the racing industry, um, you know, a great, a great service hmm. for, for trainers to, to learn to go back to that place they were when they were young and, and they loved horses and they, you know, every kid has spoken with their horse, right? Right. See, I always wondered, um, like, if, if a horse would just start, like, in their mind, you're complaining, like, man, I just wish this guy would get off my back. <laughs> oh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. People, people ride them terribly. They have, they have, you know, sore backs and things, and, and, you know, they can't explain that because people can't hear, right? Right. So I had a, yeah, I had a um, horse in Melbourne I went to treat, and, and you know, I'm out with him. Um, that is fourth horse I treated and, and he's going, so what's wrong with it? And I'm going, look, it's, it's in her spine. It's down that near the back end there. And he's going, no, no, no. And I'm going, all I can do is tell you what I'm feeling. And it's about here. And he's going, no, no, no. I had the um, bed out yesterday and I had the chiropractor out this morning, in fact, for the third time and there's nothing wrong with her. Uh-huh. I'm saying, well, I'm, I'm sorry, mate, but that's, that's what I'm hearing. And that's all I can do is, is, tell you what I'm hearing and feeling. Yeah. And anyway, he's fiddle faddling around with her back and that next thing he goes, Oh my God. I'm like, what? And he goes, here it is. <laughs> and he found a, you know, a, um, um, a thing on her back and, and he was like, okay, that makes sense. We've got to treat it, you know, and this happens all the time. And, um, you know, it gives you a clue when, when the horse is working fine on the ground and everything's fine until you put a saddle on it and go to hop on it, and then it's rearing and bucking. It's like, okay, there's, there's clearly something, right, that you're not listening to here. Right. And, you know, you, you've had a vet to it, you've had chiropractors to it, and you've had, but really if you'd just taken half an hour with your horse and, you know, just, just open yourself up to her and had her like that and gone down her spine, you know, here's a clue. It must be on her spine somewhere or around there, around the ribs. You would have found it then, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 not necessarily miracles. It's really just listening. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think a question. Uh, you know, what just popped in my head though. It's just gonna. I forgot to mention it and put it in a question. I have yeah. a goddaughter, and um, a, a what? She, a goddaughter. Like she's oh, like yeah. my, my niece's daughter. 
and I'm like the godparent. And um, she, has, she has Down syndrome. Yes. And um, the one thing that really helps her the most is horseback riding. She absolutely loves it. It changed her personality completely. Beautiful. So it's just like another good example of just that, that communication between people and uh, yes. animals. Absolutely. Um, and you so, know what the incredible thing about Down syndrome is, is they're so much closer to being healers than we are. And so yeah. many of them are natural healers. And if you, if you share that with her and, um, you know, you, you teach her about these things, you'll, you'll find that she'll become an incredible healer and an incredible messenger. Like the, the beauty in, in Down syndrome kids is amazing. And I just find them, I actually find them beyond intelligent. You know, they might not be what we call intelligent because they can't do maths as good as we can or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I find them some of the most um, intelligent, deep people on this earth. Um, I, I, I totally healers. agree. They, they have an intelligence that's outside of what we can even understand probably that we're not in yep. tune with. Absolutely. Because we focus so much on logic where they can focus more on energy and, Mm-hmm. feeling and emotion on a much deeper level than we can. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So I was talking to um, a, a racing manager about um, connection. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I was saying to him, you know, I, I want you to go back to when you were 12 years old and, and you just loved your horses. And this was when you made, you know, you, you made the decision that you wanted to work with horses all your life and you would ride your horse and it was just you and your pony and you were, you know, riding along, riding along, pretending to be cowboys and Indians and just, you know, riding through bareback or whatever. And you connected with that horse. And I want you to get on a racehorse now and, and go to that same place. So in your mind, imagine that you're there with that horse and you are connecting and you are, you are going to go for a ride like you've never ridden before. You're going to be one. And that horse will connect with you and you will become one. And he rode two horses the very next morning. He went and rode two horses for the first time down at the racetrack. And he said, oh, my God, Angie, I connected with them and had the best ride I'd had in years. So your um, goddaughter has that natural propensity to just connect, right? Right. So she will be getting on those horses and connecting. And the healing love energy of the horse and the healing love energy of hers would just be this incredible bubble of joy, right? It's and awesome. this is what we all actually seek in our life. And this is what she's feeling. And, you know, Down syndrome kids naturally connect in that way to everyone they meet. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's probably a, the most wonderful experience or, or example you can have of natural biofield healing energy. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I could go back to having that openness that I had as like a six or seven year old child. Yeah. What's stopping you? Probably social programming. <laughs> hey, social hypnosis. My own mind getting in the way. Mm, yeah. So, so what's stopping you now that you know what it is? Actually, nothing. I think sometimes I do. Uh, now that I'm getting older, I am kind of able to go back and appreciate it when I want to. Beautiful. You know, look at the world in more curious way. One of the reasons I started this podcast is just. I want to open up people's curiosity, you know, to bring yeah, back, yep. bring to life that, that, that mystery of wonder of, of life. Yep. Beautiful. 
then then all all you have to do now is just do it, right? Yeah. So the first the first key to this is acknowledging that it's available. The second one is is looking at why you're not there, and the third one is going okay, that's why I'm not there, and then sort of going right, just take that step out of the sunshine. In order to do that, you need to release yourself of all the trauma. And one of the greatest things about trauma, and I've had some incredible traumas in my life. I've had attempts on my life. I've had, you know, childhood abuse. I've had um, domestic abuse. And, and all of those things, I've had stage three cancer and a year of chemo and all of these things that, um, that um, hold you down, you know, PTSD. And one of the greatest things I learned out of this, so I, I treat my life like a university, right? right. It's a university course. And everything... Everything that I've experienced, well, this is a great way for people to look at it. Everything that you've experienced in your life, every sight, every sound, every motion, every smell, has all been there to teach you, right? Right. And, and so when, when trauma has come along, it was there to teach you something. And, and the easiest way to let it go, because we all think about it all the time. We all talk about it for years and years and years to therapists, Right. And what we're actually doing is we're just reliving it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we need to relive it. But what we can do is we can reach back in and sort of pull it up and go, okay, well, what did you teach me? So the woman that, um, you know, that was, um, you know, abused as a child, so she abused or something, can, can look at it. And, you know, she'll go down in hypnosis and, and she'll, you know, I'll just say, you know, you know the answers to this. If I pretend to know the answers, then it's not your re-empowerment, right? It's right. me disempowering you even further. So, you know, you've got the car, I've got the keys, let's go down. I know the way down, I can keep you safe and we'll go down and we'll sit by a nice lake and we'll make a rock, uh, rock fire and we sit down there and you can ask questions and, you know, you can find the answers because they're all within you. And so she'll look in and, and she'll pull up and she'll say, well, you know what, it, it, it taught me how to recognize a predator. It taught me how to recognize a victim. It taught me right. how to recognize grooming. It taught me how to bring my children up to not be, um, not be a target for grooming, right? Mm-hmm. And it taught me how all of these things that I can now go and share with other parents to keep their kids safe. Wow, how much have I learned? That is a university course in itself. It so is. You know what, to, to the predator, you know what, thank you for teaching me what I learned mm-hmm. and now I can let you go because right. the longer I hold you in here, the longer I keep walking around in my life of like I was raped as a child, you are still stealing my fucking life force and you will no longer steal that life force. So I'm letting you go. Yeah. You know, nothing yeah. about forgiveness in my, in my vocabulary, but thank you that you go and get the hell away from me. I've learned what I've learned. And that is the most empowering, freeing thing you can do. And this is what I love about hypnosis is, is that when it's, when it's done well, it can be such a healing tool because you can actually do that. It's like, you know, you can, um, some clients, you know, depending on how they think, you know, it, it's, it's like a, um, it's like the, the desktop on your computer, you know, so mm-hmm. we'll, well, okay, that can be archived and that can be filed. Or, oh, you know what? I need to just take the summary out of that one. I'll keep that there. And then that can actually be deleted and, and clearing the desktop. And that's how simple it is. And I know that because right. I've done it. Um, what is the difference between like therapeutic hypnosis and say conversational hypnosis or there is no difference? Uh, you mean like NLP? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look, I, I you know, I've, I've looked at NLP and I've looked at different things and I just think that they are a little bit untruthful. So it's kind of like, I don't know, in my mind, and, you know, people will call me wrong, but in my mind, um, conversational hypnosis, I've had NLP say to me, oh, yeah, I can talk any woman into wanting to date me, you know, just by, you know, putting the words and then putting my hand on my chest when I'm saying find someone. And then, you know, her brain takes it as that's me, right? And to me, it's like, well, really, that's just a sales technique, right? Right. Um, clinical hypnosis is about where we're going down and we're changing the brain function. We're going into where those reactionary triggers are stored. And we're looking at that and we're saying, with your anger, I want you to go and stand inside that anger that you have all of the time, right? And I want right. you to look at where it comes from. Where does it come from? And people go back. So I have a, you know, a 45-year-old lawyer, beautiful woman, six foot tall, stunning, really, really good lawyer. Her issue is that every time she has two glasses of wine, she gets really abusive to men, right? Like really abusive, total put-downs and things. And, you know, it's costing her a lot. So she comes to hypnosis of, you know, why I'm doing that. And I'm like, well, you know, I could say to you, oh, your behavior changes like this. I said, but you know, you go down and ask you the question. Just ask where it came from. And she asked where it came from. And you know where she went to? She went back to being in the womb. And she could hear her father saying to her mother that she has to get rid of this baby. Right? Right. And so her and I have a discussion. And I'm like, okay. Um, so how does your father feel about you now as a, as a 45-year-old woman? Oh, he loves me. I'm the light of his life. And, you know, all of these things. Okay, so, so if you have a look now back in the, you know, 60s or whenever, back in those days it was um, very hard to have a baby out of wedlock and it created a lot of problems and your father was just scared. And, and so we're able to go and tidy up that conversation, right? Right. Um, and because that came through as I'm never good enough for men and I have to constantly prove that I'm better, that I'm worthy of being here. And she was able to let that go and that was just one treatment. But it's doing the treatment that's targeted to that person, not what I think and I've read in my 20,000 textbooks mm. of how to handle someone that has that issue. It's like, I'm not handling you. You are re-empowering yourself. Yes. I'm your co-pilot, and this is the only way that you can re-empower yourself, is to find your own answers because they are all there. And it's, it's incredible a, how it works. It's a beautiful way to to resolve something. It makes much more sense to do it that way than it Doesn't does it? to just keep reliving the same trauma over and over. I think yeah. you're just doing more damage to yourself. Well, absolutely. You know, some of my favorite clients are, are, you know, people like PTSD that have been going to psychologists every week for years and years, right? right. And, you know, they come in and they've got, um, they've got all these other things. They've got OCD. They've got um, chronic fatigue. They've got, you know, my all these sorts of things going on and and you sort of say so so um you know are you ready to get rid of it and they go yeah and so they just start on their usual okay so this happened i'm like okay so so we don't need to talk about this um where i'm at is is i'm at the place where so if you can imagine you're swimming in a pond of poo right Mm -hmm. And I'm standing on the side by a nice warm fire here. Now, when you're ready, we can let all of that stuff go and you can swim over the side. I'll take a hand. And in an hour, 
we're out, right? We just, you know, re realign your brain and realign your body and get things going and, um, and we remove it. And they're going, but no, 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 that's not how it works. You know, you're meant to ask me and how did that make me feel and what I do there. And I said, and I bet you've got all the answers for that, you know, all very practiced in your head. Right. And, um, and, you know, you've been literally for the last five years, every Thursday from four to five, reliving your trauma that's all in your brain anyway right it's in your body and you've been reliving it every week for an hour and then they go oh hours up and you're walking out of that place having relived that trauma yet again right and when a therapist says to you okay and so and yes okay and so that and and so how did that make you feel and what do you think you could have done better you know and the person's sitting there going you fucking kidding i was three years old i was a kid what do you mean what are you telling me that I'm supposed to have some guilt about being abused as a child? You know, and then they've got the next thing in the back of the head going, oh, my God, really? I'm at fault somehow. I'm supposed to take control of my own life. And, and to me, it's like, you know what? Shit happens. Yeah. Um, and, and, and your brain just wants to let go of, you know, every pile of rubbish on the side of the road that you drive past is not an IUD, right? It's not right. a bomb. And so we, we go in and we sort of say to the brain, you know what? All of those things to keep you safe and trauma are still there. And they will keep you safe. But you don't have to be on high alert all the time now. And, and people can go through their brains and they work in engine rooms and they tighten things up and they fix dials that they found were wrong. And they, it, it's really incredible how the brain works. The brain just goes, oh, yeah, okay, makes sense. And it just does it. Right. It kind of makes me also think, I know I didn't write this one down, which just popped into my head. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, no, no, no. But one of the things that I, I've heard is like trauma, painful events, stuff like that. Like the cells in our body have a memory of that stuff. Yes, and maybe one of the things like with the bio, a combination of hypnosis and the biofield mm -hmm. treatment yeah. helps heal, takes care of those memories from the cells and also helps reprogram mm -hmm. the brain at the same time. Yes. Which creates yeah. a more healing of, um, effect Absolutely. than just like psychotherapy. Absolutely. Now, I'm a great lover of science, but I do understand that science is only correct until it's corrected, right? Right. So as we develop technology, excuse me, <coughs> that can measure more and more things, our scientific findings are changing, right? <coughs> right. So scientifically, we used to believe that the world was flat. Exactly. <laughs> made these tools and we went oh my god actually it's round right right and and um you know all, all of these sorts of things so so as we develop now i had a client ring me and say i just had to share with you do you know what scientists have found <clears throat> they found something around cancerous cells they've now created the technology to measure it but they can only just see it but they they have found that there is actually a substance around cancer cells and they are almost embarrassed to say that they believe it may be emotion. I think it is emotion. I, th I think our Absolutely. whole, you know, we focus so much on the brain, but I think <laughs> in a way our whole yep. body is a brain. Absolutely. It, it's not limited just to the gray matter in our heads. Well, our, our whole body is a storage vehicle, right? Yeah. <clears throat> it's a machine. So, so if you imagine, you know, the way that I treat people is that 
um, for example, with, with my cancer. So um, I got a, a stage three breast cancer. So believing that, you know, I understand that we, are, we all have cells that are cancerous. We either switch them on or switch them off. Right. So at some point, they were switched on, right? right? So therefore, somewhere in me, I made a decision to switch these on. So I want to go in and I take myself back to where that decision was made. And I go back to three events, two mother issues and one uh, mothering issue because we all feel like we were shit parents, right? right? We all feel like we couldn't provide enough and, you know, and, um, you know, there are things that eat us. I, I wish that my son could have, you know, gone to university and been given a Maserati when he left school and, you know what I mean, could have bought him a house for his 21st and things like that, but um, I couldn't. And, and so we, we carry these things inside us. And, and so that was my issues. And, and the funny thing was that when they did the operation on me for the breast cancer, I said to the surgeons, look, can you do me a favor and, and um, take a photo of the cancer when you cut it out? And they're like, what? And I said, oh. And I, I was sort of trying to think of something. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I do a blog. I just want a photo. I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, so they took a photo of the cancer that they cut out. So I had three issues, right? right. Now, this cancer had three prongs in it. Now, every single woman I've ever treated for breast cancer over 20 years, right? right. And I take them back through this method. Every woman has gone back to mothering or mother issues. Every man with, with prostate cancer has gone back to being pissed off at the world, being pissed off that they can't be stronger or <clears throat> um, colon cancer going back to being angry and having the shit through the world. Sometimes the actual words come out of the mouth, you know, I've just right. shit took my life, you know, makes me sick to the stomach. Mm -hmm. um, lung cancer always went to um, not smoking, but, but uncried tears, right? C coping, you know, a lot of men of, of having to, you know, um, keep it together and, you know, don't be weak and, and all this sort of thing. And, and it's really, really incredible how um, our, our body is, is where we do store these things. And you're exactly right there. And, and this is what I'm devoting the rest of my life to. You know, I've, I've had a very close calls with, with death. And, um, and I'm grateful to be here. And the rest of my life is dedicated to sharing the simplicity of this knowledge and the simplicity of, of healing and how simple and beautiful it is and you know um if if you're going to a therapist and they say yes i can fix this for you you know through this or that think very carefully because we we have spent our life being disempowered you know we're, we're born empowered and we're disempowered that's not good that's not for you to say that's not for you to be doing and and we're disempowered and you know in healing we actually have to be re-empowered within ourselves. And, and so how can I do that if I'm treating someone and taking the glory for it, right? right? I can help you heal yourself. You are that fucking powerful. You are so powerful as a human being that you can heal yourself. Now, I've just done a lot more practice at it, right? And I've right. learned from walking my own talk and I've learned by doing the normal system and then I've learned by, by going into myself and bringing myself back from the brink. And so I can share this with you and it's you doing it. Yes. And oh my God, it's so empowering. 
and everyone can do it. You know, it's like, like, like being healers. You can be a great healer by just simply working to, to remove all of the junk that we carry, all of the rose-colored glasses, you know. And how rose-colored glasses work mm -hmm. is, you know, people sort of say, well, what do you mean we've got veils and veils and veils of stuff? So if you can imagine that, that you're, you're trying to look at the sunlight outside, right, in the garden, and then you have a clothesline in front of you with, with you know, 10 sets of sheets on it, right? right. And, you, and you can't really see through those sheets or, you know, the fringy curtains. And, and so you've got to pull each of these back and then the sunshine's clear. But when you're looking through, you know, plate glass that's, that's sort of all, what do you call it? You know, when they put the, <clears throat> the misty stuff on glass? Uh, tin? <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you're looking through that, you can't see clearly. But if you step out from that glass, then it's just perfectly clear. That, that's, that's the only difference between me and other people. Is, so it's is sort that, of the, the lens that we look through yes. at the world. Yes. yes. And a great example of this is, is, is you know, the, the girl that's dating Tommy, right? right? And Tommy's gorgeous and he's handsome and he's everything that the world thinks that every girl should go out with, right? He's in GQ magazine. He's just freaking awesome. And her friends are saying to her, look, mate, you know, um, he's playing you. Um, you know, he's playing divide and conquer, right, with your friends. He's separating you from us. That's a really, really bad sign. And no, 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 he just wants to spend more time with me. Well, no, he's not. And, you know, you need to be very careful with him. He's starting to put you down. You know, you're starting to dress less. And, oh, well, he just doesn't like me wearing all that makeup. Stuff. You know, the friends are warning them, warning them, warning them. Uh -huh. And one day they wake up and they've been bashed by the dude who's, who's a dick, right? Right. And when they look back, they can see that he was a dick all along. But they were looking through those rose-colored glasses. And this is how, you know, these rose-colored glasses we wear for everything, right? And then we put our sunglasses on with our trauma. And what happens is we have a few drinks and then all of them come up and we're like, oh. You know, <laughs> you ever been to a party and there's a woman there that's absolutely stunning and everyone goes, oh, my God, she's so confident. She's so gorgeous. She is freaking awesome, right? And then after a couple of wines, she's on the table going, you don't understand. I was right when I was 12 and none of you understand. And you sit and go, oh, well, that's a bit sad. But, yeah. yeah. You know, so, so she's wearing those glasses. Whereas if she could go and, you know, just work on that and say, How, how's it working for you now to be carrying that around still? You know, to be wearing it like a little crown of poo. Because really it's a crown of poo that you're wearing. Yeah. And, and what's holding you back from letting that go? Well, what's holding me back is often, often one of the greatest reasons that people find when I save them, you know, on a hypnosis, what's holding you back? They'll say, um, if I let go of this, then I have no more excuses as to why I'm not succeeding. Definitely. Right? I actually have to go and do the effort. And, yes. and so I'm like, wow, is that just a lazy soul or is it, you know? And yeah, it's really incredible. So the only thing that's holding you back is fear, right? right? Man has nothing to fear but fear itself. Exactly. Yeah. One of the greatest things I've ever read was by a guy called Vernon Howard, right? He's a great writer. You should read about him. You know, all, all these great people in the 70s, I think they were just incredible and, and um, I would rather read their books than, than anyone else's. But Vernon Howard wrote, A man cannot know who he truly wants to be until 
he clearly sees who he no longer wishes to be. Right. right. So this is about what level of rock bottom is your rock bottom. You know, the alcoholic will always drink with people that drink more than him until there's no one left that drinks more than him and he's alone in the gutter. Yep. Is that his rock bottom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people, people will never understand how bigoted they are until someone is bigoted against them and then they sort of go, oh my God, I do the same thing to other people, right? Until right. they clearly see who they no longer wish to be. And, and I, I just think it's one of the most beautiful things that we can learn from. And, and that's talking about the layers and layers and layers that we wear that come between us and talking to our animals, that come between us and you know, talking to animals across the world. Right? I, I, you know, I had a, a horse, and I don't care whether your listeners are skeptics or not, but I had a horse contact me um, about a month ago from Austria, and I'm in Australia. Uh-huh. And this horse, um, I got this shooting pain behind my left eye. It was incredible. And I sort of focused in on it. And, and you can slightly feel a difference between whether it's your pain or it's almost like the feeling is like you can feel the pain, but there's kind of like a layer of, I imagine it's like a layer of blad wrap between it and you. You know what I mean? It doesn't quite right. feel like your pain. So you, you, you get to know the difference. And, and I'm feeling this pain and I focus in on it and it's this horse. And so then I just sort of stop what I'm doing and, and sort of stop for a minute. And then I send a message to its owner in, in um, Austria. And I say, urgent, Tessa's got something behind her. I go and see her. Um, she's in terrible trouble. And the owner ran down to the paddock and she found a horse. It's, it's there. It apparently had a fall earlier in the morning and it seemed to be all right. And she got there and its eyes were rolling in its head and it was, it was in a really bad way. And, um, you know, this is, this is how simple and beautiful our life can be. Mm. You'll have so many listeners that have, that have thought about someone and then the phone rang or that have thought about an auntie and then found out in the morning that that auntie passed away that night before or, you know. That actually happened once when I was a kid. I remember I had a night where I couldn't sleep and I got up to go to the kitchen to get something to drink. And my yeah. mom was sitting there and she couldn't sleep either. And as soon as it was like seven or eight o'clock in the morning, the phone rang and we found out like my great grandmother had passed away. Right. So it was yeah, like we both knew. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I, I really hope you pursue this journey. You know, I really hope you um, open yourself up to you because all this is, there's nothing hinky pinky about it or, or, you know, moody magic or anything. It's just simply a deeper level of ourselves. You know, it's like, well, I reckon I could be a runner, but I'm really 300 pounds, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I, if, I, if I actually just go and lose that weight and, and start walking, then I believe that eventually I can be that, right? Right. So, so for me, you know, I, I learned to play the instrument called the piano and I started off with, um, you know, on top of Old Smokey. And I learned that and I practiced that and practiced that. And you know now I'm playing Chopin, and and so now I can go and teach other people of like, look, you can just play on top of Old Smokey. That's it, perfect, perfect, perfect. And then they can open themselves up, and you know what? They'll be playing Chopin too, right? It's exactly the same thing. It's exactly what you are. Your life is showing you that you have this within you. Okay, I believe that everyone's life, if everyone 
of your skeptic sits down with a glass of wine and thinks about if they've ever had a feeling from their animal or, or, or one of these incidents that's happened to them in their life, then, you know, they, they, have to, they have to look at it and go, well, yeah, it is perfectly natural and it's actually part of me. So why am I scared of it? Right? I'm scared of it because, you know, someone that was afraid of me knowing how powerful I was, like a church or whatever, would feel that they were going to lose their power if I knew that I was powerful and strong, right? And then I could heal myself. And so that's the social hypnosis we live under. Well, I think we should change the social hypnosis to get everybody to play Chopin. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Rather than live in fear. Yeah. yeah. There's no need to live in fear. You know, we are also powerful. During this COVID, you know, we can be using this time to get to know ourselves and you know, look, I run workshops on, on reactionary triggers and, and, and how to remove these things. And I do treatments with people online all around the world. And, you know, doing this hypnosis and, and helping them go down and just let it go. It's, it's such a friggin' relief for people. It's like, oh, my God. It was so simple when, when I knew the pathway, right? right? And the pathway is just me. I go down, I make those decisions, and, and, and it's done, you know? I, I don't have a, a great belief in longevity of client. Like, you know, I go against a lot of people in my industry uh-huh. um, because of this. And I say, look, you know, my longevity as client of client is the six people that have dinner with that person that sit there and go, oh, my God, what is going on with you? You are just so amazing and peaceful. And, like, what's happened to you? And they go, yeah, I went and saw that old girl, you know. And, yeah, she just helped me with this one and – cleaned it out, got rid of it, and I've learned a lot, and I feel stronger. And you know what? I know that, you know, if, if, if I had a life of trauma, it was because I was a strong soul, and I needed that to get me to the place where I am now. And that is friggin' super strong. And so now, now that we've got COVID and we've got, you know, we, we've got race wars going on, we've got all these things going on, I can actually stand in that power, right, and take my courage and help other people that have fallen, and I can mm-hmm. help them up. And that's what all of this is about. You know, so many people have had trauma in their lives and it's like it wasn't there to destroy you because you've actually lived all of these years. Every single day you've lived, nothing has actually destroyed your soul yet. No. Right? So therefore, you are a gallant soul and you are strong and you are courageous. You just need to acknowledge that. Let's go down and have a look at it. Let's see how courageous you were then. Brilliant, right? You can let that dude go. Right. What did you learn? I learned not to date dickheads. Right. Right. Brilliant. Done. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I I really hope you do follow that and and um, you know just just enjoy being here and and enjoy this journey, enjoy this space, and help as many people as you can. What you're doing is your passion, and yes. and I wish I wish for you that it becomes, you know, something beautiful where people want to come in and have great conversations with people that. They can never access, you know. How many people in the States could access me for a conversation? Exactly. That would want to, right? Well, they definitely, like, here, like, this type of topic is actually pretty popular, so. Oh, right. Uh, I, I, I think people want to wake up. Yes, and they don't know how. Exactly. So so there's one thing is, is you don't know how, right? And yeah. You know, people like myself can teach you how simple it is. 
the scary thing is that we've all been, and and we've all been to people that, you know, sell a big shine. So, you know, a couple of skills and a hell of a lot of marketing, right, is a very, very dangerous thing. And people spend their life saving sometimes on, on, you know, systems and pathways that, that really go nowhere. Uh-huh. Right, go around in circles. You know, if you just imagine you've got a BMW, then eventually you'll have a BMW. Yeah, sorry, love. You actually have to go and get a job and earn the money to get the BMW, right? Right. But they'll sell the sizzle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you actually, so, so when you come to me, it's like, okay, so you want a BMW. How are you going to get there? What do you need to, okay, you need money. All right, so let's look at that. How you can get money? Great. Fantastic. Right. Plan made. Go for it. Right. Right. Right, and that kind of brings us right back to kind of where we started. We're talking about intention. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Intention has to be clear. Okay, intention and agenda are two different things, and this is a differentiation between healers and healers. If you have clear intention, then there is no agenda. If you have agenda, um. You know, if, if I'm telling you these things because I want to sound like the smartest girl in the world and, and I can heal everyone and, and I'm the only person in the world can heal, then that's an agenda, right? right? Intention is having this conversation with you to enlighten people that, like me, can wake up and go, holy shit, this is actually so friggin' simple. We yeah. have all of these free friggin' tools. Free tools everywhere, YouTube, Dr. Google. I call him my faux husband. <laughs> I just go and talk to my husband, Mr. Google, and he will help me fix my Chrysler, right? Right. And, and, and we have all of these free tools to, to, to help us do this. You know, there's really no need for us to pay thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars. Yet, we do need to pay people for their time. So if you go to someone for a healing, if you go to a Reiki practitioner for a healing, right, you know, a lot of people say, oh, but why should I pay them? You know, it's, it's healing. It's like, then go and do it yourself. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you haven't done the work to do it? Well, guess what they have, right? So, you know, right. when you want to tile your bathroom, you can tile it yourself or you can pay the tiler that went to, um, you know, and did his apprenticeship and learned how to lay them beautifully and he can come and do it for you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, makes sense. so the, 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 the healing is free or the achievement is free but the practitioner's time is not. And, and as a person in service, they have to be respected and they have to respect themselves. Right. Does that make sense? There has to be a it fair does. exchange of energy. It's a universal law. Right. Yeah. I mean, whether it's exchange of money or, yeah. or whatever it is, you know? Yep. I mean, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, money doesn't brilliant. have to be the only currency either. No, not at all. Not at all. Just an exchange of energy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so, Roy, you've answered my last question without me having to ask it. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you for being on the show. Um, would you like to just uh, maybe take some time to promote your YouTube channel and Facebook page? Well, yes. I, 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 have, um, I am in the middle of trying to organize myself. My son has been kicking me for years now. And very much more so now because I don't have a large profile. Um, you know, I'm not into, you know, doing lots of Instagrammy pictures and things. 
Um, but I, I have a YouTube channel called Anti Briars, and it's A N J I I Briars B R Y E R S Biofield Therapy. So that's a YouTube page, and it's the same on Facebook page, and, and the two of them will get you to me. I'm I'm organising a website now because I'm getting told I have to. So yes, um, yeah. And you, but you, you also you, did you can that. find me on those. And you also did that fantastic uh, interview on uh, with Mind Dog too, which I believe is available oh, for people to watch. Yes, in New York. Yes, he's fantastic. He's he's like you, just very very comfortable, and um, you know very present. And yeah, good man. Yeah, good I, man. I, def I I so enjoyed that, and he's actually the one that connected me with you. So oh, is he? You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mind Dog. Yeah, he's really awesome. Well, he ended up talking about his pig. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, never, yeah. I, I used to have a guy across the street from me that had a pig, and the pig would always escape. Oh, wow. He'd be running down the street chasing this pig. It was hysterical. <laughs> oh, I think it's beautiful. And look, if any of your um, readers have got questions, they can contact me through my uh, Facebook page, or they can contact you, and I can come back on and answer any questions, anything yes. you like. I would love to have yeah. you back again as a guest. Oh, thank you. And look, just make sure for Bubba that you um, have a look at getting some brewer's yeast and mm -hmm. some amino acids. So hopefully through um, aloe vera concentrate somewhere and, um, and see how it goes. I'd love to hear, hear how he goes with that. I sort of feel like he's just been, had a great lack of, of um, body and brain care. And, you know, like anyone, if we don't, if we don't have the right, you know, things in our body then it fails and that's yeah. what it feels like to me with him that especially because he he knows that he's reacting wrong and that's when I can see with clients you know I, I watch their reactions and and I can see with their reactions where they are on that spectrum and um you know you feed them that and you you say look it'll take three weeks and within a week they're like oh my god my life's changed I'm yeah. actually not suicidal anymore I'm actually going to see if I can pick some up somewhere today some off mm. the rest of the day. Beautiful. Make sure you yes. put a photo up on my Facebook page with it. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll take a picture of him and put him up. <laughs> Sounds great. He's Sounds a fantastic. he's a very photogenic dog. Oh, it's awesome. Um, it's awesome. Definitely. Uh, thank you for being on my show. You are more and than welcome. And I'm definitely going to have you back again. Thank you. And um, let's see. I'm I have upcoming guests, but I'm probably going to put that on YouTube. Um, so I have, to, yeah. I have so much going on. <laughs> I only couldn't even write it on one piece of paper. Um, <laughs> to, my, to my listeners, please like and review this podcast on whatever platform you are using. It helps this podcast move up in the ranks and easier for people to find. And the more people that find me, hopefully the more people that will get this valuable information that's provided this podcast from my guests and also tell your friends, coworkers, and even the weird uncle. If anyone wants to be a, gu <laughs> a guest on my show, you can email me at everything imaginable 2020 at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at everything imaginable 2020. Uh, my website is everythingimaginable2020.com. I also have a Patreon site where you can donate to the show. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash everythingimaginable. 
And you can make a donation there to support the podcast. And remember, everything that is was first imagined. See you next week, and thank you for listening. And, oh, yeah, I almost forgot. You can buy my book, Enlightenment Guaranteed, on Amazon. That's Enlightenment Guaranteed, the only book on Zen you'll ever need by Gary Cacciolillo. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.